Welcome to the Your Color Style Podcast, where we believe the more you know about color, the more you'll know what colors flatter you best. I'm your host, Jen Thoden. This week, I speak to Sarah Delaney. She is a fashion and lifestyle blogger based in the UK, and her blog is called Notes from a Stylist. This was a lot of fun, and she reveals a really fun and unique tip on what to do with the clothes that you no longer wear, but still love. Sarah, so you have a blog called Notes from a Stylist. And so give me, a, give, a, give me a little background on, you know, when this blog started, what inspired you. Share, share with us your story. Okay, so um, I am a stylist slash content creator. And uh, we were living in New York or just outside in Greenwich in Connecticut. And I was styling the ladies of Greenwich and they all wanted to look the same and it was all a bit dull. Um, so I took some fashion journalism classes and tried, you know, thinking about trying to change what I was up to. And the first homework was to start a blog. And that was in June 2009. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was a long, it was at the very beginning when mm-hmm. Tavi was in the front row and Leandra mm-hmm. was, you know, around and, and that was kind of the gang that was all around at the same time. Um, and then after I'd, written the blog for a couple of weeks which was awful by the way my first blog <laughs> um our lecturer said oh so now you're published so you can apply for fashion week and stuff and so I did and I got a press pass and I my first fashion week New York fashion week was that September 2009 oh, and nice. I went to about 18 shows yeah it was really crazy that's amazing like I've never done that before I think I've always wanted to, but I've no, never done it before. Yeah, it's really fun. And then after a while, it's not so fun because <laughs> you realize it's a circus. And and in fact, for the styling purposes, it wasn't really relevant that I should go. It was mm-hmm. fun to do, but I found that, you know, the people I'm styling do not want to wear something fresh off the catwalk. Right. They want to know how to wear it for their age group and their shape and that kind of thing. So it's it's interesting to have the background knowledge of what's on trend, mm-hmm. but in terms of do I at the show and see that no not really mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I learned over the years that it was kind of not it's a nice to do but actually you don't need to be there so then when did when did your um so you you obviously are, you, you went to school you already are a stylist so then when did you start to uh, feel really inspired to actually s- take this blog as a, as a business I mean because now it's you've got a lot going on, on that on that blog I mean style tips and you're in all kinds of amazing outfits. So when did it go from a, a homework assignment to, to do what you're doing today? Yeah. I think it just sort of morphed along the way. And as my life changed and as the kids grew up and I started talking about different things and experiencing different things. So we moved back to London from New York and, and that made a change also because then I was speaking to a different audience. So my audience is half still American and half British. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that, yeah, I wanted to, I was experiencing different things. So I wanted to talk about different things. So hence it became more lifestyle and then it became more foodie. My sister-in-law was writing a cookery <laughs> book. So I shot the, the images for that. Um, yeah. And it's become, it's morphed into this, this lifestyle thing. And along the way, I picked up work with, you know, collaborations with 
companies or using affiliate links with people. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a little, my little corner of the net of the web. Uh, it is. It, and so, so you said you were a stylist when you started this. So how did you, how did you get into that? Like, um, were, were you always in love with fashion as a kid or is this something that you happened yeah, into later on always. or? Yeah, I, tr I trained it weirdly in sport studies. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was a fitness teacher for a long time and then I got into sports marketing and then I had kids and then I retrained as a stylist when mm -hmm. the kids were little, but I'd always been completely obsessed with fashion from like stealing my mother's kitten heels when I was trying to be a punk <laughs> uh, or even my dad had these amazing, um, sort of 1950s naval kit because he was in the Navy for a short while mm -hmm. and I would reappropriate that and repurpose it and wear it out and, and just, you know, kind of look at wearing things different ways rather than just the bog standard. Mm -hmm. um, so I've always been like that. And so then having the background of learning how to style people and and do the color and all that sort of stuff makes you kind of throw it all in one heap and go, okay, right. So this is, this, this is how it's going to, this is how I'm going to teach it to other people. And what made you, what made you want to do that? So you said you started to do that when you had the kids. What, what, what made you decide to, that you wanted to get formally trained? I think it's, I was just looking for something different to do because I wasn't going to get back into fitness or marketing. And, um, yeah, it was just a hobby. And then I met a girlfriend of mine who um at um the kids are at, at mm -hmm. kindergarten and she was a stylist and we kind of clicked and so she's um ellen lobler and my company name is lobler and delaney and she was an ex-model um and we got together and sort of decided that we were going to tag team our way through the local ladies and make them look better um yeah so it just sort of from friendship and having this kind of obsession with fashion and style and then having the training. Oh, that's really there. fun. That's really cool. Being a stylist is a bit like therapy, isn't it? You, <laughs> you listen so much of, of, even when I'm doing like a wardrobe weed or something, every single piece of clothing has a history and a story for a person. Mm -hmm. And so you end up spending hours and hours listening to these oh, sometimes beautiful stories, mm -hmm. but it's kind of, it gets in the way of the job of the physical. Okay. Now that needs to be gone. Get rid of it. Right. Great story. Get rid of it. It, it kind of, it's funny. It's like, it's like watching those shows on TV where they're trying to transform someone from a before and after, and they just can't let go of the things that they even know they don't look good in and they just can't let go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, and then, yeah. Things I tend to say to people, if it's a beautiful thing, I tend to say, well, keep it, but put it in a frame or something. And I, <laughs> and I have bits around my house that are, you know, like beautiful jackets on the, just put on the back of a chair. So I see it every day, mm -hmm. but I'll wear it once a year, maybe full of sequins and stuff. So <laughs> it's nice to have those things to look at and appreciate the beauty of them, but not necessarily throw them away. I like that. I like that tip. Um, most people are told, you know, if you're not going to wear it, get rid of it, donate it, wh whatever, put it, you know, get it out of the way. Um, but I like that piece of advice. If it's something that you really cherish, because it just makes you happy when you look at it, then like, just put it out someplace where it's not causing yeah. clutter, but it's just inspiring you to. Yeah. To I have like crossbody bags, which I have hanging on door handles and stuff like that, which are beautiful. Some of them might be designer bags and I don't want to put them in a cupboard because they're beautiful. 
So I have them out and I rotate them around depending on the season and it just becomes part of the furniture. Oh, I love that. That's so much fun. That's <laughs> it. Go and do it. <laughs> I, I know. I've never even, I honestly have never considered taking pieces of my wardrobe out of the closet to be part of the decor. I think that's genius. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go hunt around now. <laughs> yeah, I could waste a couple of hours doing that. Now. I know, easily, easily do that. Jewelry too. Have you ever put jewelry then around the house? Yeah, I have jewelry, like long necklaces hanging over mirrors and stuff like that. Nice. I hope our listeners go and play with that idea. It's a really, really fun idea. Because um, I know people get really hooked and connected to certain pieces and it's just really hard for them. But if if they can have a reason to hold on to something. I think that's, I think yeah, that's wonderful. Exactly. That's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So what is your personal style? How can you, how would you describe it? Uh, I always hate this question because I don't really have one. <laughs> and, I, and it depends on how I wake up in the morning. Like I sometimes I wake up and I think, I am Anne of Green Gables today and I'm going to be wearing dungarees and a gingham shirt. Or, you know, sometimes if I've got, a, got meetings up town, then I need to be Mrs smart professional so I'll throw a dress on uh, most of my more recent times I just hiked in the Himalayas so I've been doing a lot of trekking around we live in the Surrey Hills and so walking dogs so I'm wearing mm -hmm. Lululemon right now so um <laughs> yeah it depends on the day but I think I would say I, I'm sort of more Scandi edging towards the Scandi look and more minimalist mm. and then with a touch of preppy chucked in on the side I would say well I love that you've brought up the your your lifestyle so you know I think a lot of people get caught up on the idea of I have to define my personal style right um they they're going they get, really boxed, right? yeah I think it is a, a box and you know they want some you know I think that women get to a point and in all kinds of phases of their life maybe multiple times across their life where they're like they're ready now to put themselves back together, right? They've had kids for a long time. Maybe, maybe they've been out of work, out of the corporate office or whatever it is. And now they're just feeling like they want to look, look and feel better. And they start looking for these key phrases, right? Like what's my personal style? What's my signature style? And they put a lot of pressure on themselves to define to it. To be something. To be something, right? And I, I love that you, you in a way are like, well, I don't have a personal style. I just, I just put on the persona that I need. Um, based on the lifestyle yeah. of the day. Um, exactly. And uh, so do you, do you often give yourself a name? <laughs> do I often give myself a, a name? You, you had said I'm Anna Green Gables today or I'm, or I'm Mrs. So-and-so. Oh, no. Hey, you never know. I just. <laughs> I have a wardrobe full of outfits. I've got one wardrobe that has Anna Green Gables in it. Another wardrobe oh. has. Kim Kardashian in it. <laughs> Can <you> imagine. <laughs> That's just <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love that. And then, yeah, so it's just sort of like what whatever is needed and whatever you like, right? So are there, is there anything that yeah, you I mean, just wouldn't wear? Like um, you had mentioned a little bit earlier on the conversation that, you know, people ask you about the trends and stuff, but the trends don't seem to be as important as styling the person on their body and everything. So are there things that you just avoid that you see, but that yeah. you, they'll never wear that? What, what would that be? 
We'll get back to talking with Sarah in just a moment. If you are struggling trying to figure out what colors look best on you, go ahead and take the quiz out on yourcolorstyle.com slash quiz. It's absolutely free and it walks you through all the steps to help you figure out what types of colors are really going to flatter you best. These are the colors that are going to bring out the natural blush in your cheeks and really make your eyes pop and just make you feel amazing. So go ahead and take the quiz at yourcolorstyle.com slash quiz. Well, they're obviously the ones like the body con stuff or mm. mom jeans. I'm just so not picking my muffin top into. I think once you've had kids, <laughs> when I see my daughter wearing mom jeans, and I'm like, really? <laughs> that isn't in my wardrobe at all. And actually, and that's an, an interesting point is when you see. So my daughter's just turning 20 next week, mm-hmm. and um. I see her wearing things and I suddenly go, okay, so I'm not going to buy one of those then because I've either done it the first time around mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm only going to do it badly the second time around or I've aged out. So done. You know, we don't want to look like we're 20 anymore. I mean, it'd, it'd be great if we had yeah. our bodies at 20, but we don't, right? We've had kids and we're getting older and it's time to find things that are flattering our bodies now versus trying really, really hard to be 20 again. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I, used to, I used to talk to my um, clients about ha- having a, an outfit that, that had fit, form, and function. So the mm-hmm. fit, it had to fit correctly. The form, I think, well, I can't remember what the form was. The form was something to do with fitting your, um, maybe the body shape. More. Yeah, I think the body and shape. The mm-hmm. was about, yeah, and the function was more about, is it appropriate for where you are at, in your lifestyle right now or your age? Is it going to fit the function that you need it for? Right, um, right. And so I often think about that. Like, do I really need a crop top? <laughs> Answer right, obviously no. But B, it doesn't fit my function right now. I don't need to be walking my dogs in a crop top in the rain. <laughs> Although I'm sure there's someone that's going to try. <laughs> yeah, my daughter can do it. She knows. Yeah, I know. My daughter too. She's 17 and that style of the high waist and the crop top, which is very eighties, um, at least from yeah. the U S and uh, you know, I, I just, I, you know, it looks great on her, but there's no way, no way I'm wearing a crop top. Like you said, no, I think we're done. <laughs> like maybe if I had super, super flat abs or something, I'd show them off, but that's just not what's going to happen. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I mean, this summer. Maybe next summer. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I was digging through your blog. So I was reading through the most recent posts and a lot on color and I'm a huge fan of color, obviously. And so you are the color queen, right? It is. It is my thing. Yeah. (laughs) What is, what are your, do you have favorite colors? Are there colors that you gravitate to and always wear? Yeah. You know what? The yellow is my favorite Uh only because it it just makes me happy. It's sunny. It's uplifting. So whenever I can, I wear, for a pop of color, I wear yellow or red or a pink. And then the rest of the time, everything's neutral. So beiges, grays, and navies. Mm-hmm. I find weirdly in my decor, my decor is all very pink and blue, but like the pastel version of 
and light green and stuff. And then I suddenly look at my clothes and I go, oh my God, I'm just like stuck with these colors. I keep redoing the same colors in my house and in my closet. <laughs> I have, it's funny, you know, um, I encourage people to, you know, pick out their color palettes and stuff, you know, to find like the ones that they really like to wear. And I look into my closet and it's like, it's the same colors over and over again. Like it's the same yeah. one. I kind of laugh because I think, well, you know, well, that, maybe that's a good thing too. Like, it's not that I'm not willing to try something different. It's just sometimes we just gravitate to the same colors that make us feel good. Right. So, yeah. So if, if so red, yellow, and pink, and you love yellow because it makes you feel, makes you happy. Yellow is a very happy color for sure. And um, it's interesting because a lot of people stay away from yellow. So that's kind of cool that you like to wear it so much. Yeah. And a lot of people say, I can't wear yellow. But don't yeah. they? they say, yeah. oh, it washes me out. I'm like, surely there's a, there are different hues of it and tones. Exactly. There is. In fact, I don't know if you know, but yellow, the true yellow, anybody can wear. I think people get caught up because they assume it's going to be like a canary yellow, like a bright yellow. But there's pastel yellows, okay. you know, there's slightly warm yellows and slightly cool yellows. And I think anybody could probably find their, their shade of yellow. But I, you know, but I think people assume when you say, oh, I love wearing yellow, they immediately think of that true primary yellow, right, that bright right. color. And and no, not, yeah. not everyone looks great in, in that. It's a lot. That's a lot of color. It's the brightest color in the spectrum. There's so. yellow for you out there somewhere. I know, exactly. There's a color for everyone. <laughs> um, so what color then would you avoid wearing? Uh, I think I try and avoid wearing black. Oh, you because do. Because I am fair. Mm-hmm. Um, although sometimes I see some of my friends wearing and they're, and they're kind of similar coloring to me. And I go, oh, I should, I should kind of try it. Um, but I tend to do more gray, dark gray charcoal, that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and also the one I do not wear is bottle green because it was my school uniform and it was hideous. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how we attach emotions and memories to color that yeah. no matter but what? It, and then it came in, didn't it? Bottle green was in for, was it last fall? Yeah, it was. And I did a post on how to wear it if you, have bad memories from it or something like that. Like, <laughs> because you could tell someone because you're blue in the face that they look amazing in a certain color, but if they have attached some sort of negative memory to it for whatever the reason is, I forget it. You know, it's never going to happen. You know, um, you have to kind of separate yeah. themselves. But I mean, like I, you know, I went through a, a whole phase where I avoided pink, like especially when I was growing up, I avoided pink because pink was associated with like Barbie pink colors and blonde silliness and I avoided that forever now it's one of my go-to colors because pink looks good pink looks good on me and I you know and I, I really like it but I think it's the longest time I just avoided it nobody else is I it have to it. exactly the same memory of not wearing pink and and always saying I'm not a girly girl I will never wear pink yeah. until I was like 23 24 and then going actually it looks quite good yeah maybe I should try it right but I think I was maybe it was a tomboy thing where mm-hmm. I was like no anti-Barbie, not doing it. Yeah, isn't that funny? Like we so <laughs> it's that bubblegum pink. And for some reason, yeah. Um and again, I don't even know what the negative stigma would be to even be seen as girly, but for whatever reason I thought that was a bad thing. So uh like you said, maybe it was a tomboy thing. Uh, maybe it was a blonde thing. For me, I, I think I was always a little self conscious growing up, being seen as blonde and people making those associations of, oh, well, you're just silly or, you know, oh, wow, you're smart, like that kind of stuff. And so I try to avoid colors that made me feel as if I wasn't smart. Um, many of uh, 
the people that are going to be listening to this interview and a lot of people that come to my blog, and it looks like probably to yours as well, these are a lot of women that in their 40s, 50s, that are likely going through some kind of transition. They're, they could be going gray uh, or wanting to go gray, you know, in their color of hair right now. Maybe they've just gone through a divorce or recovering from a divorce, uh, maybe empty nest, right? Their kids have finally left home and now their life is in a different place. And I, and sometimes, I think sometimes that change can be a little tough on some, on some women, yeah. you know, they, it, it's sort of that, that, that awakening moment of, it's time for me or am I allowed to do yeah, stuff for work, me? Some kind of thing, right? yeah. I had that recently. Where my, also, my two kids are off in university and my little one has just gone to boarding school. So my Monday to Friday, I am an empty nester. Ah. And um, I had that realization in September, which was, well, my work here is done. I'm, I'm no longer a mother. Oh, what wow. should I do now? Weirdest thing. It is. It, and it, it will. It, you're always a mother. <laughs> oh, no, I realize that now. <laughs> when I get a call from university, go, oh, go, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What would you, what would your advice be to someone who came to you in a very low place about life change in general? What would your advice be for them? I think, I think the first thing that I did was flip it on its head and say, okay, this isn't an ending, it's a beginning. And what, what did I always want to do? What did I want to be before family and everything else took over? Mm-hmm. And that just then opened up a whole new bunch of horizons for me. And I started looking at workshops and, mm. and kind of getting out there and networking and finding like-minded people and finding my tribe again, who kind of had fallen away because my tribe were housewives and mums. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's a great new start. And so be positive about it and not kind of stick those negative connotations to the end of motherhood or not the end of motherhood, but the end of that uprearing part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a new beginning. I think it's a little scary for some people though, right? That new beginning. Very scary. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, that, that's why the blog was really useful because that's been sort of chundering along in the say, you know, in the background all the time whilst I've been a mother. And, um, having that to sort of dip in and out of, and now I can spend more time on it, mm-hmm. not having any kids at home. It's, it's kind of a life-saving thing for me, really. And whereas I've noticed a lot of my friends who are in the same position, are kind of reeling around looking for something to do and, and finding they don't know what they want to do. It's a tough place to be. Yeah. I mean, I think we've all been there. You know, I, I think I felt it the most with divorce. So I'm divorced and, um, uh-huh. and there was, you know, moving into your own place and suddenly having that, just that sense of just not everything is different going forward. You start to, you start to want, you start to, you're starting to look for purpose now, right? Your, your role has changed, yeah. whether you're, you, by choice or not, right? And your role has changed. And like, just like you're referring to your friends that are sort of feeling a little lost right now. I think it's because they're, they have to find their next, their next purpose, like what, what, you know, what I wake up every day if the kids are already in school, like that's what I did for how many years, what do I do now? Um, yeah, and, exactly. and that's a tough place to be, you know? Um, and I would, you know, I would, I would say to one of my friends, you know, to, to start doing some of the things you've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You, you must have an idea yeah, exactly. of what that is. Right. And I think a lot yeah. of people are just afraid to stay what it is. 
you know, maybe they're embarrassed or I want to take dance classes. Go take dance classes. (laughs) You know, I mean, do something. I I like how you said the word tribe. I'm finding my tribe again. I like that. Yeah, exactly. And one, yeah, because one thing I, I figured from the whole thing was never stop learning. And I've never stopped learning. I've always, I'm a serial course taker. So anything online, I'm like, okay, I need to do that. I can't say I finish every course I start, but (laughs) I think never stop learning is a really good piece of life advice. But specifically this time in our lives, because mm-hmm. you, know, you can not only meet new people through taking workshops or classes or whatever, or even stuff like go get your colors done, mm-hmm. go get your style done again. Things have changed. You know, you've changed as a person. Yep. And so start again. So what are your plans this year? Okay. So my blog turns 10 years old this year. <gasps> which Wow. That's quite, amazing. I know. It's, it's a big number. It is, it's huge, especially in the blogging world. A lot of people give up after a year or two. It's just not, you know. I know. And there's all these young new things coming up and thinking mm-hmm. it's all about Instagram. But actually, mm-hmm. it's about the blog. I think. Um, so that turns 10, but. Congratulations. Um, I've just, uh, I've <laughs> just been accepted on a photography course, which is quite frightening. Um, it's, and it starts in September and it's, so basically I'm going back to college in September to learn proper photography, but here's the zinger. It's with like 18 year old kids mm-hmm. and I'm going as a mature student. O-M-G. <laughs> so um, I said I had to go for an interview and put a portfolio together and because one of my great loves is photography. So I take pictures all the time. Mm-hmm. So I went for this interview and the guy said to me, um, the lecturer who was in fact much younger than me, obviously, um, I said, oh, so you have mature students, right? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, we've had them before. And I said, oh, how, how old have your mature mm. students been? He said, oh, at 24. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm probably, I'll be 55 when I get start this course. So then I'm suddenly thinking about these poor 18-year-old kids who are going to have this old lady in their class. <laughs> Ooh, um, it's going to be fun. Sorry, my husband no. always says, well, you're not going to make friends with them, are you? And I said, well, I might do you might it might be it might be a blast to be around a group that's young you know and they may even look to you because you've 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 been there you've you've done that you know (laughs) i my gut tells me that they're not going to look at you strangely maybe at at first you know like oh she seems to be out of place but you bring to that (laughs) class a life experience and a and a popular blog that they they can only you know, that their parents which, could follow. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'll ask them to introduce you to their mothers, I, I guess, know. new followers. Yeah, tell them, get, yeah, get, tell them that their mom said to come over to the blog. But yeah, I mean, so they're, you're going to bring something to the table too. And I, um, so yeah, I'm so excited. So you're going back to school and you're going to, de- I'm sure you're going to bring your photography mad skills to your Instagram feed and blog, I'm sure. Are you going to do anything with it outside of your blog or are you just wanting to? master your skills. Uh, no, I just want to yeah, master the skills because I um I work a lot for other people running their social media and consulting on social okay. media. So I'm I'm never without my camera. Got it. So okay. I can point and shoot at anything. But if you ask me to take a picture of, I don't know, like the blood red moon or something, mm-hmm. I would have no idea what yeah. to do. Yeah. So it's that side, the technical side of things I want to learn. Yeah. I wish I, I want to find time to do that too, but I'm not nearly as passionate about photography. So I, it's one of those courses I would sign up for, but then never do. <laughs> yeah, what exactly. Finish one. I think I have a video one though, waiting to be done. <laughs> <on the videography. laughs> 
share share with how you how you feel about getting older, the good and the bad. Um, I'm definitely more confident in this decade than I was last decade, and I think that's just the question of you know you've lived more life, obviously. Um, so I'm more comfortable in my skin. I just recently did this trekkie thing, so I'm back to back in shape. And but the bad side of things has been the menopause, which has hit, mm. and that's freaky and scary and nasty. Um, but I've kind of got on top of that. So and then things like looking in the mirror, and I catch glimpses of myself in the mirror, and I look like my mother. <laughs> and I'm, like, oh, my God. I'm so old. Or looking at the back of my hands, which look like somebody else's hands mm-hmm. because they're kind of got wrinkles that come in. And, um, yeah, so that's the bad thing, I think. But over and above all that, I think it's the, I'm definitely more confident about mm-hmm. being me. That's nice. That's good. Yeah. I, I hear that a lot. The, uh, <laughs> it's the glance in the mirror when you, you wake up, feel, you make, you wake up feeling and thinking younger. And then you look in the mirror and you're like, Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, who's that? Oh yeah, look at that. <laughs> I'm not Oh, okay. I think it's how we feel. It's really more important because we, you know, you're gonna, we're going to age. All of us are going to age. We can't stop it. We even with you know yeah. surgery and stuff, you can't stop it. I think, I think it's the most important thing is to make sure that we take care of ourselves and our health and our energy, and you know, and accept accept that this is who we are, and to take the best care of ourselves yeah. we possibly can. So one of the other things I've learned, and, and it's kind of about being in the, in the Instagram space and the social media world is, is that whole thing about letting go and not worrying about what other people think. And I had, I often get serious cases of FOMO if I'm scrolling through and seeing what my other much younger blogger friends are doing. Like there was mm-hmm. an event last night, some premiere and I wasn't invited. And suddenly I'm like, Oh God, look, they're all having a great time. And then I go, Actually, I wouldn't have gone. I would have made some excuse and said almost all this thing or something because it's you know it's a big schlep to go up to, up to London and dress up and all that sort of thing. So I think allowing yourself to just not care so much mm-hmm. anymore about that kind of thing is a big step. But then I had another really funny one where um, I was uh, interviewing to go on um, uh, to do some filming on the TV and. Um, it was over last summer and I was actually staying in the Hamptons with some friends and uh, it was to talk about clothes and whatever. And I had gotten through the first few interviews and they wanted to do screen tests and all that. And then um, they sent me links to the, to the stuff that they wanted me to talk about. And I looked at the stuff and I thought, it's awful. I can't even, <laughs> it was a horrible brand. And um, I couldn't hand on heart say I would wear it or buy it. Mm. So I, made up some excuse said sorry I can't possibly my family's far too important and can't come and do it anyway about six months later one of my young bloggy girlfriends she gets the the gig and she's saying oh I'm so excited I'm doing this thing and and then I was saying to one of my other friends I feel really oh I feel like I'm missing out and I had to have a serious word with myself about you turned it down you can't then spin around and say you're sad about not getting it because you made the adult decision to turn it down. So, you know, you have to have a strong sense of self, I think, to be able to say no. If you could talk to your 20 year old self, what would you tell her? I think it would be like, don't sweat the small stuff because it is small stuff. That kind of, you know, hoping against hope that you're going to get married, you're going to have kids and all that kind of 
trying to pre-plan your world out. And then when you're at my end of it, you're wishing it all back again and thinking, you know, why did I not pay more attention when that kid was crying and mm-hmm. sleeping so beautifully and, and all those kind of things. So, yeah, don't sweat the tiny things and don't angst about it and don't wish it away. So what do you love about this very moment right now in your life? Um, I think it's actually being in a position where I can be whatever I want to be and I can start again and make it all up as I go along or plan it or whatever, you know, just take whatever direction feels good. And instead of being beholden to anybody or anything, I've got less holding me down. If someone calls me and says, let's go to Venice tomorrow, mm-hmm. I could go, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll come. So it's that kind of being in command of your own destiny a bit more. That's nice. That's a good feeling. Scary feeling too, yeah. but a really good feeling. I love that you're embracing that. I'm a little jealous. We've <laughs> <laughs> got a couple of years yet. I got a couple of years yet. Yeah. And I want the dogs to make it a little challenging to just pick up and go. But, uh, you know, Sarah, if people want to learn more about you, where can they go? How can they find out more about you and your blog? So the blog is uh, notesfromastylist.com and uh, I'm also on all sorts of social media as uh, Notes by a Stylist. Um, so come and stalk me. <laughs> you have a pretty uh, nice Instagram feed. So people like Instagram, they can definitely find you there. I will put your link and information out with the blog post and with the notes for the podcast. People can find you pretty easily. They could go check out your stuff. You've got just for, just for the for the benefit of our listeners, you've got some really great style tips, both on style and color. It looks like you've got some collaboration with different um, clothing brands. And so it's just really fun to see how you pull some of those outfits together. So it's a really great place to to be and to check out. So definitely check out notesfromastylist.com. Really, really great stuff. And Sarah, I've had, this has been great. This has been a lot of fun. I really enjoy getting to know you. And I hope that we can uh, connect again in the future because I feel like We've got a lot in common. I feel like we were separated at birth. <laughs> well, then I'll have a good reason to go to the UK so I can actually <laughs> yeah. say hello. Oh, hi, but uh, yeah, so that, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. And I wish you the best of luck with your blog. And congratulations on turning 10. And good luck this fall in your new class. It's gonna be really, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, really exciting stuff. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. So that was Sarah Delaney from notesfromastylist.com. She's a sweetheart. Please make sure you check out her blog and her content. A lot of really great stuff out there. Thank you so much for listening to the Your Color Style podcast, where we believe the more you know about color, the more you'll know what colors flatter you best. 